Coach, one of the things that we have discussed uh, throughout the season is, is we've gone back and forth between Steve Ishmael and Irv Phillips setting records on the receiving end. So it had to be encouraging for you to see the ball spread out a little bit more, a different name at the top of the receiving stats. It was Ravion Pierce in this case. How did you uh, do that against Pittsburgh last week and spread the ball out a little bit more and get more receivers involved in the offense? You know, it was just another situation of taking what the defense was giving. They uh, they really put some uh, special coverages out there. They were really trying to lock down Ish and Irv, and they weren't able to do it the whole game. But there was certain uh, down and distances where they were leaning that way, and, we, and it was an opportunity to unleash uh, Mr. Ravion Pierce and, uh, you know, and Devon Butler, and uh, both of them had opportunities, and they did a nice job with them. Just to follow up on, on those two in particular, Coach, what can Butler bring to the table for you? And Pierce, you know, makes those tough catches. He can drag some defenders along with you and, and really could develop into a big weapon here if this can continue. You know, I agree with you. I thought uh, Pierce made some big catches. Uh, obviously, you don't have to hit him dead in the hands. And then the uh, the way he runs after the football after he catches it, it's really exciting. And then Devin, Devin Butler may be one of our fastest wide receivers, and if he starts doing the things that he was doing in that game, then it could give us a, uh, another deep threat down the field. The second half of that pit game showed a revival in the running game, and you said it in your post game that you know Dante Strickland wasn't out there getting huge numbers. These were three, four-yard gains at a time, tough yards. How was he able to get those tough yards? And can you just kind of go over Strickland's game this year for me and how he's kind of grinding through and, and doing what he can to, to get you those tough yards? Well, you know, he started off healthy, and then he got he got banged up in a game. And and and, and Strick is such a tough guy; he's not going to tell anybody that he's hurting, and he's gonna he's gonna practice through that, and and play in those games not at a hundred percent. But I thought that this was an this was a game where he was at a hundred percent. He was willing to make those tough three and four yard runs, and and when you can turn around and hand the ball the back the back the ball and you know you're going to get three or four regardless of what kind of hole is there that's going to give somebody an opportunity for a lot of touches and I thought it was the best effort we had by a running back uh, so far this year. Dino wanted to circle back on, on Eric Dungey and just get your assessment of his game halfway through the season and, and halfway to go here and maybe some of the advances he's made and maybe some of the things maybe he's got to improve on going forward. You know, I, w- I was talking to someone earlier, and I and I just I think that the four games that he missed last year, uh, you know, slowed him down a little bit. And I think that I'm really excited to see what happens, you know, between game uh, eight to twelve, because I think that puts him back on pace. And uh, I think that he's going to get better and better as we go down the stretch. I would imagine you don't have a lot of time for this given the short week and, and the big opponent coming in Friday, who we'll talk about here, of course, in a moment in Clemson. But do you do any midseason evaluations halfway through overall? We just got done with one. Okay. And yeah. Care to share any of that? or <laughs> No. <laughs> we, uh, you know, half, halfway through evaluations for uh, players, and also coaches along with myself. Good to know. We're talking to Dino Babers, head coach of the Orange. We get ready for the Clemson matchup Friday night at the Carrier Dome. 7 o'clock kickoff for that one. Dino, we've mentioned this a couple times last two weeks, and I just wanted to get an update from you on uh, starting slow first half and how you're continuing to work through that, and how are you addressing penalties in, in practice? Well, you know, we, we're, we're, we're attacking the penalties thing. You know, the thing that the fans don't get to see is that every penalty that's called against us, we get to uh, submit them to the league officials and whether we agree or disagree with them. And then they send back uh, 
their conclusions based off of tape. And we're operating like, at, you know, we say, hey, we disagree with this. We think this was called wrong. We send it in, and we're, we're operating like at an 85% clip in our favor. So there's some of these penalties where, you know, every, we can't punish these kids. We look at it and we're like, golly, they call it a penalty. We're going to get penalized for it in the game. Let's send it to the, the league and see what they think. And they're not agreeing with the people that are calling the penalties. What are some of the penalties you can look at and say, this is on us and we've got to clean it up? Oh, I, I think, I think some, of the, some, of the, some of the personal foul penalties earlier in the season, I thought those were on us. Uh, there's been some things that have been going on with guys moving that's not necessarily on us. When we line up wrong, when we flat line up wrong before the play starts, you can put that on us. And uh, it's, you know, I'm, I can't say too much more because I don't want to get fined, but it's, you know, everybody needs to do better. The coaches need to do better. The players need to do better. The officials need to do better. You know, jumping on the uh, defensive side of the ball, there, there's a couple players I wanted to ask about. One in particular is Jordan Martin. I mean, there's no question he struggled against NC State, had a rough day. But what a bounce back for him against Pittsburgh. And, you know, he's trying to anchor things out there with Antoine Cordy gone. And I just wanted to ask you about what you saw that enabled him to bounce back from that rough game against NC State and what he can do for you going forward here. Well, he did some things. He changed some of his practice habits. He did some different things with his gear. And I think those things helped him. And I think the, the most important thing he changed was his attitude, the way he was going to go about practice, the way he was going to go about solidifying his area to help the family, to give us an opportunity to win. And I was, I was really proud of the effort he put out there, and hopefully he'll be able to continue that. Another name I wanted to ask you about was Alton Robinson. Now that we're halfway through the season and he had to kind of come in late and acclimate himself as a transfer, how do you see that progressing? Because he's uh, certainly made his presence known on the field the past couple of weeks. You know, again, I think that he's moving along at the right tempo. He's moving along at the right pace. Uh, he's learning how to play. You know, he's he, this is his first opportunity to play Division One football, and uh, he's got to get used to it. And now we're, we're six games in. He, I think he had his first sack versus Pitt, and now he's just getting used to it. We're just now taking the training wheels off of him and letting him ride around the neighborhood with, without us walking behind him. There you go. Coach, uh, big game Friday night, of course, with Clemson coming in. And I wanted to start, you know, when you've got a quarterback situation where, you know, Kelly Bryant, he's practicing, he may or may not play, so you've got to prepare for two quarterbacks. What are the differences? What are, what's the preparation like for Kelly Bryant versus, say, Hunter Johnson, who may get into this game? You know, Kelly Bryant's a fantastic player. Obviously, the, you know, uh, he, he may be have an opportunity if the way they're playing. He may have an opportunity to take him into the Final Four as a quarterback. He's that good. The Hunter kid. I mean, what was he like? The number one quarterback in the country. I mean, what is he? Five star plus. I mean, he's he's. I don't even know what that number means. It's so high. <laughs> they, they have really really good players, and whether Bryant plays or the number one quarterback in the country plays, you know, they're going to be good. And the big thing is, it's not necessarily them. It's the other ten guys around them that are so good. So they've got a good football team. I'm sure they're not they're not losing any sleep over who their starting quarterback's going to be. And looking at the rest of the Tigers, you know, that defense speaks for itself, how good it is and the challenge it'll provide your offensive line. And as you look at Clemson, you said it, they're good. We know they're good. We know the ranking and the five-star players, but what is it that this team does so well that you're going to have to, you know, really counter come Friday night? Well, they're tough. They're physical. They can run. 
they're well coached. I mean, they're, they've got three times more coaches on their coaching staff than we have on ours. Just look in the media guide. Wow. And, and it's, you know, this it's, they have every advantage uh, to win. Now, you know, so did Goliath, okay? And David had a slingshot and a rock. So we'll see. We'll be there Friday. Come watch. Dino, always appreciate your time. Best of luck as always, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Brent.